Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. The podcast where we break down and review straight to stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, shorts, whatever. If there's moving pictures and people are talking, then we're going to talk about it. There's a solid chance. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I was actually about to wear that shirt. Oh, you want to restart? It's still too hot in this in this room that I'm in. So it is one of my favorite shirts for sure. I wear it any chance I get. You didn't come. You you did. You came to Fourth of July, right? I wore it then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, no one acknowledged it from my oh. family until they were leaving. And my little brother comes up. He's 14. He comes up, and gives me a hug, and goes, "Hey, love your shirt." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I was like, sweet. Thanks, man. I did this for you. Yeah, totally did it for you. <laughs> not because, you know, not for any other reason. Not for any yeah. other reason. How did you, uh, how'd you like the, the intro? You're there throwing it in at the beginning. I mean, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's all right. It's, it's an intro. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll let you do it next time. We'll, we'll let you do it next time. All right. I can, I'll do it right now if you want me to do it again. No. <laughs> Save it. We can't. This, this stage is only so big. Right. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. I see. You're about to go on a trip, yeah? I am. I'm going on vacation for the first time in a year. Last year, I went to Virginia, which my my aunt and uncle own a beach house, um, and I'm not making that up. It's it, it's not like when I say the beach house, I'm not talking about like the sandy dunes and like it's on stilts and the, and the waves lazily lap up. No, it's a beach house because they own part of the bay. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Uh, but the only problem with the beach there at right next to their houses it's got like seashells in the mud like in the sand and you'll cut your feet to ribbons yeah i've uh, seen yeah. those cuts <laughs> it's not good i mean but they live on an island so it's really really easy to go to the beach but this year uh, i'm going to florida arguably the craziest state in the united states <laughs> says the born and raised texan yes uh i w- first of all i was never born here uh well whatever so how dare you Sorry, I forget that you're not as good as the rest of us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I uh, I have a buddy who lives in Florida. We're staying at his house. I'm going to go to Disney. I may also go to SeaWorld. Apparently, there's a rocket launch. I didn't know about that. Oh, cool. That would be and cool so to see. Yeah. We might go to that instead of going to SeaWorld. I don't know. I'm not down with the you know animals in captivity thing, but free tickets. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I actually have a friend who just... Got hired at Disney. Oh, okay. And uh, is going to be having to move to Florida. (laughs) Mm. I said, oh, I I hope they're paying you well. (laughs) I think, uh, I think, I mean, there's a dollar amount that would get me to move to any state, you know, Mm -hmm. but the dollar amount for Florida is pretty high. I mean, they got to include some kind of like emergency fund for when that state finally goes underwater. So, Mm. uh, (laughs) Because I mean, if you're going to live yeah. somewhere for 50 years, like I mean, I don't know if that's if that's the no one's living plan. anywhere for 50 years, man. We're all going to be dead, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, if, yeah. if you want to move there and start a family, you got to prepare yourself. So, yeah, now nah, he's old. He's, <laughs> oh, so he's going to die there, right? Yeah, he's yeah. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to worry about it. He'll be dead. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. All right, man. That was all the small talk I had. Uh, prepared <laughs> yeah that's all my canned conversation pieces uh so let's talk about this movie you want to all right tell the people what we watched we watched 
the 2022 American vampire action comedy film directed by J.J. Perry in his directorial debut with a screenplay by Tyler Tice and Shay Hatton based on a story by Tice. Wow. Let me mute my phone real quick. Look, we read the first line on Wikipedia. It had commas. What do you want me to do? Day Shift. Get some facts out of the whiff. Came out on Friday, August 12th. 2022, the year of someone's Lord, sitting at a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb based on 21,000 ratings. Rotten Tomato. Uh, you know, last week when we talked about a, a movie that had a really close score. Yeah. Back to back weeks, 59% rotten, uh, 63% audience score based on 90 and 500 reviews, respectively. Critics consensus game stars, an appealing, goofy premise aren't enough to make up for Day Shift's uninspired action comedy hijinks. Good use of the word hijinks there. I love the word hijinks. Do you want to give everyone our um, fourth favorite aggregate uh, score? Fourth favorite? Yes. Metacritic? Yes. I think we're only three in. But all right, the meta score of 52 and a user score of 5.1. Wow. Talk about <laughs> like on the money. I don't think we've ever had anything that close. Like right. literally a point off. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. 83% of Google users like this movie. Yep. And it's sitting over on Letterboxd. It's got a 2.8 out of five stars with uh, our one friend rating it a one and a half. <laughs> I guess you could say that the reception for this movie is mixed. Yeah, I think mixed. Think, yeah, yeah. What is this? Can we talk about this critics consensus for a moment? I mean, yeah. I don't understand what that's, that means, game stars. I think it's supposed to mean like stars that are game for like the shtick. Game like the, stars. Like the comedy. You mean, they, they mean like um, big names? I guess. Because I mean, it has, it's, this is what Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, Snoop Dogg is, he's, uh, he's on the cover. I don't know if he would be my choice for third build, but. He's the most important character in the movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, sure. No, he, he is. He is. And Frodo's the most important person in Lord of the Rings, but no one wants to be him because uh, that would be horrible. No, I just I didn't understand what it meant by game stars. I get like yeah. the rest of it and appealingly goofy premise aren't enough, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just I didn't quite understand what that meant. I mean, maybe this is written by an AI. So who knows what it's oh. <laughs> Dolly wrote this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely call this uh, mixed, maybe slightly positive. 63% audience score, 6.1 on IMDb. These aren't horrible numbers. I think they're probably horrible numbers for the names that are eh. attached to this. I mean, if you really think about it, like this is a movie that I think really maximizes our mission statement, which is yeah. to find movies that are straight to stream or straight to video that you can purchase in a store, I guess. They're science fiction adjacent. And I don't want to call this movie low budget. I don't have any information on the budget itself here. Oh, budget, $100 million. Okay, not exactly low budget, but definitely a movie that would not have been released in theaters, like maybe ever. Mm. At, I don't know, at man. Least, at least in modern cinema. Underworld was released in theaters. Well, that's what I meant. Like, I, I Resident Evil. I was trying to correct myself. Like modern cinema movies mm. like that are headlined by Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco don't get hundred million dollar <laughs> budgets and make it to the theater, right? Like they they're they're straight to stream. Wow, you're gonna do my boy Dave Franco like that, huh? Yeah, man, he's the lesser of the Francos. Uh, that depends on what we're talking about. Acting ability, maybe <laughs> ability to not you know 
prey on women. Oh, uh, uh, well, I mean, I was specifically referring to the 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 Spanish dictator. Oh, <laughs> is that who you were you were talking about? Okay, got no, it. No, of course not. <laughs> he, apparently, he's making a comeback. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> So, day shift, just going to give the blurb here, please, because apparently we haven't blurbed in a long time. An L.A. vampire hunter has a week to come up with the cash to pay for his kids' tuition and braces. Trying to make a living these days might just kill him. The blurb over on IMDb, a hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted eight-year-old daughter, period. His mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, colon, hunting and killing vampires. <laughs> I don't think that that is a complete sentence. The first sentence there. I don't think that's a complete <laughs> sentence. It's just a declarative statement. It's not an actual sentence. Yeah. <laughs> that's like an answer to something, right? Who are you? Well, I am a hardworking blue collar dad. Who is a hardworking blue collar <laughs> Jeopardy question. <laughs> like, it feels like some improv, right? Yeah. You're going to play the hardworking blue collar dad uh, who just wants to provide a good life for his quick witted eight year old daughter. Now, uh, who can give me the, the foil for this scene? <laughs> oh, well, uh, he, he, uh, he hunts and kills vampires. Oh, okay. Anyways, sure. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Uh, good job, guys. <laughs> oh, man. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Let's do a little stuff here. I want to talk about. This movie, and I want to give my initial thoughts and opinions. Oh. Uh, but before I do that, since this is a movie that you that I think you made me watch, negative. Oh, this is a movie that I made you watch. Okay, yeah. then you can give your initial thoughts and opinions here in a second. Is this the first movie that we've watched on the pod that only involves vampire slaying? Like all the science fiction involved in this story is just vampires. Like there's no magic, there's no crazy technology. Right. I mean, yeah, sure, there's some stunt work. I mean, one of the guys that produced this is the guy who directed the John Wick films. So yeah, yeah, do what you do with that. But I think this is the first vampire slayer movie that we watched. Um, I mean, there's other there's other things that we watched that involved vampire slaying. Well, Age of the Living Dead. Yeah, but but that was like surviving in a world with vampires that had taken over. Sure, you know what I mean? And then sure. Van Helsing was kind of like the same thing. Yeah. Um, and Winona Earp. Those are more demons or something, yeah. Yeah, there might have been vampires. Don't know. We don't know. Um, so. Yeah. You're right. Brad. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that your point? Was that your yeah, uh, you know, whole I, thing? I just I just wanted to point out that we had gotten this far. <laughs> Two without years and two it. months without doing we, a single vampire hunting movie. So. Didn't we do... I mean, we've deliberately sought out horror as well. Yeah. Yeah. And this is our first vampire movie. And it's not Blade. Interesting. Sad. Yeah. Interesting. Well, if I can give my thoughts and opinions... Yeah, sure. ...on this film... podcast. It is my podcast. Thank you. This movie reminded me a lot of Bright, and it reminded me a lot of Project Power. Okay. I had a thought pretty early on that Jamie Foxx is playing the same character in Project Power and in Day Shift. Oh, maybe. Yeah. This is a little bit more lighthearted. Like, Bright and Project Power definitely take themselves seriously, while Day Shift does not. Day Shift is like, all right, cool, we're going to kill vampires. You ready? Let's set up the scenario. Cool, over-the-top action. Let's go. I think Jamie Foxx is a good actor. (laughs) You think that? I think he's a good actor. I've seen him in things where I've I've gone, man, that guy's really good, or that guy's hilarious. But the only times he's been on this show, being the show being our podcast, is Project Power and Day Shift. And Project Power was not a good, not a good movie, which 
it should have been, but it wasn't. He was unfortunately part of that, and he wasn't. He didn't do a very convincing job in that film. But neither did Joseph Gordon Levitt. So I'm not gonna yeah. really put that on him. There's a lot of people to go into making a movie. The problem with his character or his portrayal of the character in this film in Day Shift is that you could replace Jamie Foxx with almost any other actor and it would have worked. This could have been a Chris Pratt film. You could have put, now I'm blanking on names. You put a, put Joseph Gordon-Levitt on it. You could put anybody who's done a little bit of comedy and a little bit of action in here. There is nothing in this part that screams Jamie Foxx, if that makes sense. Like, I really do feel like it could have, it could have been anyone. I'm trying to think of who it couldn't have been. Sure, sure. Well, Jamie Foxx, born December 13th, 1967, in Terrell, Texas. Very cool. Yes. Strange career. I mean, this guy's hit some really high highs. I am literally, you talk about strange career. Let me see. I am just a, just over halfway through watching this roundtable interview with him in it. And he talks about wanting to do comedy. Eddie Murphy and Martin yeah. Lawrence kind of beating them <laughs> to every, like they did everything, Chris Rock, and they were all doing everything. And he was like, oh, I can't, I can't do what they just did. And then shifting into uh, sure. drama. And he talks about wanting to get back into comedy. And I think this is definitely a, a step in that direction, the action comedy. Um, and I'm not saying he's horrible in it. My criticism is probably more of the script than it is of him. Okay. He does a great job. He's fun. He's believable. I like the way he works about, works with Dave Franco. They have they have a good bit of on-screen kind of buddy cop type chemistry. Not sure. the best I've seen, but definitely definitely good. It's just he's a dad who doesn't who needs to go do things against the rules to save his wife and daughter. I've seen that Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> I've seen that Harrison Ford movie. Sure. <laughs> I saw that Jason Statham. Was it which one was it? Jason Statham. Uh, yeah, Jason Statham movie where he's the single dad and uh, older Franco is the villain in that in that movie. Yeah, I've seen that too. So it's just it's a bunch of cliches. It's paint by the numbers, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole point of this movie, well, it's to make money. Well, the the plot of this movie is just a backdrop to have a bunch of like cool action set pieces slash stunt work. That's exactly where I was leading with my point. Is that. This is a schlocky action film. Don't read too much into the rules of the vampires because they break them. And don't read too much into the overarching plot. Overarching? Overarching? Yeah. Yeah. To the, into the overall plot. Just roll with it. That, the action scenes are great. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I felt, for me, it hit just the right amount of over the top. To where I'm like, that could never actually happen. But okay. Yeah, I'm in. You know? It's overly stylized at, at times. Uh, which I think... Um, it was actually kind of a breath of fresh air from, you mentioned John Wick earlier. A lot of action movies kind of have gone that John Wick route where it's just hyper-realistic. And like even something like Prey we watched a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's, she's fighting a sci-fi monster, but it's still grounded more or less. Yep. It's still visceral and in your face. And this is like, hey, I'm going to do a backflip and catch a bullet with my gun and then shoot this other guy in the head with it. Like all in one fluid motion. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you go right ahead, man. You, you can't do, do you. that, right? No, I don't, yeah, I don't think that happens. Snoop Dogg, <laughs> the, Snoop Dogg, not Snoop Dogg, but Snoop Dogg's uh, stuntman does a spinning backflip kick to oh, knock sure, out yeah. a vampire. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally believe the Snoop Dogg just did that. <laughs> you did all that without stretching? <laughs> man, that was my bad leg. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's got the cheesy one-liners. Killing vampires is cool. I could see a version of this movie that is like bright, that takes itself seriously, that is like Project Power and takes itself seriously. And I think that is a bad movie. I think making it a comedy 
and just pushing the action to its absolute limit was the absolute best way to go with this film. I disagree with the, the general consensus. I think this is a good film. I think it's just a lot of fun. Spoiler alert for the end of the uh, podcast. I recommend Uh-oh. it. I would like, yeah, you should watch this. Go check it out. I already have done that with people at work after seeing this. Like, hey, I watched this movie last night or over the weekend. You should should totally watch it. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Okay. What else do you want out of a vampire movie? Unless it's like a straight horror film, I guess. Like, you want action comedy or like some like over the top blown out love story. Yeah, you want Twilight yeah. or you want Blade. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not, of course. Why, why not both? <laughs> yeah, and that's what this... No, this, this is nothing like that. <laughs> well, even Blade is... <sighs> I mean, Blade has comedic moments. Because it definitely Wesley, has comedic like, moments. Wesley Snipes just... Like, <laughs> like, just straight up, like, coming off stuff off the dome, you know? Man, I could watch and listen to Pat Oswalt talking about being on the set of Blade Trinity for hours. I know because I have. <laughs> the guy's freaking nuts. Wesley Snipes, not Patton Oswalt. I mean, he might be. Who knows? Yeah, he might be. Who knows? I want to make sure that I'm I'm getting my point across and that I don't think Jamie Foxx is a bad actor. I just think that this movie is so generic that it didn't really matter that it was him. It didn't really matter that it was Dave Franco. I think it kind of mattered that it was Snoop Dogg just because they, they definitely played up to it being Snoop Dogg. Yeah. But it could have been anybody. Like, they were literally, I think everyone in this movie, as far as the actors go, are replaceable. It's that generic. And yet it's still fun. And I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah. Those are my thoughts and opinions. <laughs> All of them, apparently. I, for the most part, agree with you. I think there are some... There, there's something to say with having a veteran actor in a role where you're just kind of letting them have fun with the script, right? Like, I don't necessarily know if Jamie Foxx necessarily enjoyed making this film. I mean, I've mm-hmm. never met the guy. I don't, I don't know anything about him. But there's a huge difference between, like, someone, I guess, just seeking a payday, right? Like, oh, yeah, man, I'm in this movie because they're paying me $6 million. I'll say whatever they want me to say. Give me the script, right? <laughs> sure. And then there's people like Nicolas Cage who take movies because, you know, various issues. But then, like really put in the performance people make fun of Nicolas cage for all the ridiculous movies that he's done but you and i have watched more than i than i would care to admit yeah and like i even i had to screen the release of wicker man when i worked at the one of the movie theaters here in town and like while that mm-hmm. movie is awful while he's given it a hundred percent he's really going for it and i can't really say the same about jamie fox in this film because i just don't necessarily know where his headspace is at but i like he did like he wasn't detached. You say that the movie didn't take itself seriously. I think Jamie Foxx's character takes this movie very seriously because he rarely laughs. Mm. I mean, yeah, he does pull some pranks on a couple of people. And even even Dave Franco to a lesser extent, like they're in it. They're playing bits for comedy. Yeah, Dave Franco's doing that typical, you know, hey, I'm the Caucasian man surrounded by people of color and I I've got to be an idiot. Because it's the only way, like it's the only way you can portray my characters is I'm an idiot. But he's not an idiot. He's just a pencil pushing desk jockey. I bought a chair with my own money because I'm dedicated yeah. to this desk job. It's so ergonomic. <laughs> the rest of the actors in this movie, I've never really heard of any of them. Yeah, like I mean, aside from Snoop Dogg playing uh, Big John Elliot and Peter Stormare who played Troy, everyone else for the most part is very much uh, either a no name or been in a lot of movies that, like I said, I've just never seen. But I really liked this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. There's a great homage to um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, like in the first 20 minutes. So I thought oh, it was there? great. When Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx 
uh, get into the union, <laughs> the vampire hunter union. Yeah. When they're walking through like the main hallway, there's a picture of Abraham Lincoln on the wall. Oh, is there? Like, and there's axes on either side. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. That's cool. We saw that together, right? I think. I don't recall. Okay. Been, I saw it in the theater, maybe with you. I, I also saw it in the theater. But Just I think the one I time. I don't remember. It's been a oh. long, it's been a minute. Well, I, I did see it a second time in theater with my mom. She was like, oh, it's a movie about Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, you do know it's Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. She's like, well, that doesn't matter. Like, All right, cool. <laughs> okay. It's not a story. What a well-crafted film. I think this movie does a lot of things really well. Uh, there are no characters that I think probably could have been cut. I think the Nazarian brothers were a welcome addition. I thought they oh, yeah. lended a, a very great perspective. Like watching Bud Jablonski, which is a great name, go about his business. He's always in a Hawaiian shirt. Fantastic. Uh, he drives this really crappy, beat up Chevy. They all have cleaning businesses. They were stereo repair. The brothers were. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like they go into a laundromat. You know, he runs a pool cleaning service, kind of stuff like that. And he's just so like haphazard. His den or his lair is like a shipping container. And these guys like got all the, the mill spec tactical gear. Like it looks mm-hmm. like they went to the mall and just bought everything they could from that <laughs> one store. Everyone's, every town that's got a big mall has one of those stores where they sell swords. The older the mall and the less stores that are still open in the mall, the more likely that this particular <laughs> store is in there. Yeah, they, they might have a kiosk. They might have an actual store. Who knows? Who knows? Like I said, I, I really enjoyed everyone's performance. I really liked Audrey San Fernando, played by Carla Souza here. Uh, let's see what she's been in. Uh, not a whole lot. 29 credits. It looks like she's been active since 1993. Yeah, she's born in Mexico. She's done a lot of Mexican theater. Okay, or cool. Or Mexican filmmaking. That's right. Nice. I thought she was a great villain. Yeah, menacing. Well-crafted, funny enjoyable i enjoyed the action my only problem with it is that it's a little long it's just a little long it's an hour and 53 minutes closing in on two hours i feel like 10 minutes probably could have been chopped off this thing what would you have removed would you just tidied some scenes up like what i felt that the pace was good none of the action overstayed its welcome what do you feel could have been nipped? I don't want to say the yogurt world scenes. Cause, like, well, because the whole point of the movie is this dude's hanging out with his kid, right? You sure? Like all the arguments with his wife. Eh, like those can be handled. Like there's two of them, right? Like there's only like, that's the same. That's the thing is that there's not a lot. You, you talk about being a little long and it is, it is a little long, not as long as some things we've watched, but I feel sure. like every scene moves us to the next scene. Right. This is an action comedy, but it's definitely heavier on the action side of that. There's no scenes that are just played for jokes. I feel like all of the scenes are progressing the characters to get us towards another action scene, but yeah. none of it that I can recall, or if there is any, it's very, very little, is just a joke. It's all still moving forward. Dave Franco's character is the comic relief. Oh, sure, sure. You know what I mean? But he still has a, has a character progression, and we're learning about Jamie Foxx or Bud through Dave Franco's character, Seth, sure. through his eyes. So it's, I guess I, I'm going to push back a little bit. I know it's something we commonly complain about, both of us, on the podcast, is these movies are too long. Get to the point. But I don't know. I don't I don't think this one overstated its welcome. I think it, it got from point A to point B in a as good a manner as I can I can dream up. I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't feel like the pacing was off. Like I don't I don't feel like the movie outstayed its uh, overstayed its welcome. It's just almost two hours long. It's just it is what it is. It's a big time investment. Sure. It's also streaming. Remember you can just pause part way through, sure. come back later. It's not like you're yeah. going to the theater and watching this, right? Sure. Yeah. 
Do what you want. Oh, I'd like to just bring it back to Jamie Foxx if I can. Uh, We talked earlier about how he's had a strange career. So I'm looking at his filmography. He started acting in 1992. He was in a movie called Toys, starring one Robin Williams. And then in a very, very short amount of time, he was in a, a big movie called Any Given Sunday. And then he was in Ali, Collateral. And then he won an Academy Award playing Ray Charles in Ray. Mm-hmm. the biopic. He's an accomplished musician. Uh, he's been in several, like, I, I mean, I think Slow Jams, I think is the probably the one that everyone knows the most. I mean, aside from all the stuff he did on Ray. With his filmography is so funny because like he was in Ray and then he was in Stealth. <laughs> and then he was in Jarhead. And then he was in Miami Vice. And then he was yeah. in Dreamgirls. And so he does this thing where he, and I, th- I think it's pretty common for a lot of actors you get, I don't want to say you get lucky, but I, you have to, right? Because you, you have these big, huge productions. You, be, you can be Michael Keaton. Not Michael Keaton. <laughs> What's his name? I mean, In Waterworld. Whatever the Waterworld guy is. Kevin Costner. You be Kevin Costner, right? You can be like the biggest movie star on the planet, and you can get way too much money and get creative control, and then you damage the earth because this huge set that you made in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, right? Damage the earth. So his filmography is so weird because after that, he's in Law Abiding Citizen, which is a great movie. And then he's in just a couple other things, The Soloist with RDJ, Valentine's Day, Due Date, Rio, Rio 2, Django Unchained. He's just got an interesting filmography, like The Amazing Spider-Man. You're skipping right past White House Down. I said White House Down, did I not? No, you went Django Unchained straight to Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought I was How looking right you? at White House Down, and I th- I thought I'd said it before I said Django Unchained. No. My mistake. But then, like, but then he's in Robin Hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. His career is so. I mean, it's fascinating. It really is because he hasn't really done any television since the late '90s. You know, he had his own show for a couple years, five years, right? Uh, but then after that, he's just like a host. Of something, so he really leaned into that film career, got his Oscar, and was like, "Cool, I'm just gonna get paid." But then manages to luck out with some of these films. I don't know if it's lucky. I think you're right, though. He he gets it gets a couple of big big films. I think big breakout, it, not comedy like Living Col- in Living Color or what have you. I don't know if it's luck or if it's him just looking for particular roles, wanting to do something different. You have any given Sunday. And then I, I'm just just looking at the ones that kind of stick out to me. And then you have Jarhead and Ray. Jarhead came a year, came out in 2005. Ray came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Those are very different roles. Like sure. if I'm an actor and I'm trying to push myself forward, I'm trying to try new things with my my art. It doesn't get as <laughs> you get <laughs> the abusive staff sergeant Sykes, Ray Charles. Like those are completely yeah. different people. And so I don't know if it's so much that he lucked out. I mean, he goes, yeah, Miami Vice. Like, I'm going through the list that you've already mentioned, but I think he's just trying to push himself in different directions. I think it's kind of unfortunate that in 2020, he releases Project Power and we review it because it's straight to uh, straight to stream on Netflix. And in 2022, he releases Day Shift straight to Netflix and we review it because it is what it is. And, and those films are both, they both suffer from the same problems. The difference being that day shift, because it doesn't take take itself seriously, you're able to take it less seriously and just enjoy it for what it is. While Project Power was definitely like there was just I, I'm trying. I remember there being egregious plot holes in that film and like lapses of logic on on the character's part just to move the plot along, you know. And a movie that's yeah. taking itself way too seriously. And you can go listen to that review. If you, if you want more. So yeah, I think he's had an interesting career. I don't know. I mean, maybe early on, I think getting a job as an actor 
does come down to, to luck in a lot of ways. But I don't know. I think you call okay. luck after all an Oliver Stone movie. I call just being able no, to no. call his own shots. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that he lucked into the role. What I'm saying is like he picked movies and mm. were lucky that they weren't busts. Oh, I mean, it was he was going to choose a uh, Ray Charles biopic or a Quentin Tarantino movie. I mean, but I mean, but you earn those, right? Like sure. Quentin Tarantino picks you. Right, he yeah. sees all the stuff that you've done, but then you got things like horrible bosses. Well, yeah, but he just had a bit role in that, though. That Sleepless, really... you know yeah. what I mean? Like in the right hands or in the wrong hands, a movie can be great or it can be awful. And so that's what I'm saying. Like he's had such an interesting career because he's in these movies that when I first heard about the Ali biopic, you know, it was in 2001. I was still like, I'm still young enough to not really know how Hollywood works. But sure. I was like, why are they making a movie about Muhammad Ali? And they have Will Smith in the title role. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look anything like mm. Muhammad Ali. Like, I didn't understand that, that like, that's what you do. You, 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 cast a, you cast an actor for the actor, not necessarily because they look like someone. But then it was a great movie. And then he turned around and was in shade. <laughs> so, sure. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, he got his Oscar. And then he's like, cool, I'm going to do all these other things. He, it's not like he's Daniel Day-Lewis and he makes... 10 movies in his entire lifetime. And he's a method actor who totally engrosses himself in the role, but he's also not Nicholas cage where he pumps 20 movies out over the course of five years. Cause he's got to yeah. get paid. Right. Well, cause his ex-wives got to get paid, but yeah, I, I'm just saying, I thought it was, he, he's just got an interesting, interesting career. It's very That's interesting. All. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's talk about Dave Franco. Okay. I got nothing. <laughs> he's funny. I actually really like the movies he's in. Whenever he shows up in something I didn't know he was in, I enjoy it. And that's all I really have to say. <laughs> I mean, he's never done, he's never been in anything like that just blew me away. That doesn't mean he's a bad actor. I think he's a great actor. I just, yeah. I don't think he has that big role. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he's a, he's a supporting actor. Yeah. I mean, it's just all he, that's all he is. He's just a supporting actor. Living in the um. shadows of his brothers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm kidding. Please don't make you do your own thing. I've seen now you see me. Mm. Okay. I can tell you that. What about now you see me too? <laughs> oh, there were sequels. Oh, oh, there's God. a third one coming up. Oh uh, no. It's in post-production right now. Uh, <laughs> I rewatched scrubs earlier this year. Forgot. He, I, I don't even think I forgot he was in it. I don't think I knew he was in scrubs the first time I watched it. Like I didn't know who that was. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So rewatching it, I was like, oh, it's Dave, Dave Franco. Okay, cool. I like it. He's fun. I enjoy him. I mean, I would probably, well, I mean, obviously watch this film for the podcast, but I think Dave Franco being in it is what made me want, actually want to watch the film. It's what made me believe in the comedy part of the action comedy. No offense, Mr. Fox. <laughs> you can call him Jamie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. I want to talk about Peter Stormare. Oh, okay. I think he's risen beyond that guy's status. Fun fact about Peter Stormare, he's from Sweden. Very cool. I, I think I've only ever seen him playing Russian characters. <laughs> For the yeah, most part, actually. which, I mean, if you know anything about Northern slash Eastern European history, the people who the people who ended up settling Russia are from that area. So it's really not outside the realm of possibility. Do you think that it's... Simply because his accent in English sounds Russian, so they just he just leaned into oh, it. Oh, I mean, probably. So let's see. Uh, he started acting in Woof, 1979. Jeez. Let's see. He did a lot of Swedish stuff. 
I assume it's Swedish because I can't really read any of the words. No offense, Sweden. Because <laughs> it's not in English. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. But I think his breakout role that I remember him being in, he was in Jurassic Park. He was in The Lost World. Mm. So he plays a guy named Dieter Stark. Eh, not really Russian. The very next movie he's credited as Vladimir. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, and then he's in The Big Lebowski. Uh, and then he he's in Armageddon, which I think, I think Armageddon is the reason why he plays Russian characters, is he plays a cosmonaut stuck on... I, I don't even think they call it Mir, right? Because they couldn't get the rights to it. They just call it the Russian space station. I don't know. Do you need rights to something like that? Who knows? Yeah, but. I don't know. But yeah, no, he's he's in Armageddon. And then I think he just plays a lot of Russians from then on. Like, I, obviously, Bad Boys 2. It does a really great job as Alexi. Yeah. They just cast him in those characters. He's in his lane. He's making money. He's not lacking for work. That is for sure. Anytime I see Peter Stormare in the credits or on screen, like, yeah. I'm super excited. I love his work. Big fan. Big fan of Peter Stormare. And he was in, you know, one of the greatest movies ever made, so. Which is? It's Bad Boys 2. Oh, okay, good. We're on the same page about that. Uh, there's only one more actor I think worth talking about. Okay. And that is, uh, <laughs> that's Snoop Dogg. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you first, not just first listened to him, but like first listen to Snoop Dogg and like knew it was Snoop Dogg. Like what was your first exposure to him that you recall? Oh, when did the chronic come out? 1995. Yeah. Yeah. Like 94, 95, something like that. Cause I, I remember he was on MTV a lot and he had that trial and then that album came out and I went and got it <laughs> with my mother's unwitting assistance. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> she just, she gave me $20. It was like, just go buy whatever you want. And I just, I walked straight up to the music counter. I said, I would like to buy the chronic. The guy was like, I don't think you're old enough to buy this. And I was like, cool, I'll go get my mom. <laughs> oh, and then no. she just bought it. So Wow. I've met your mother. That's crazy. Thanks, Story. Yeah. <laughs> just just doxing her right now. <laughs> what year was that? I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up here. What? When the chronic came out? Yeah. I think it was nineteen ninety five. Was it nineteen ninety five? 1992. Oh, no, I'm sorry. De- December 15th, 1992. Wow, yep. yeah. Because I was thinking that... Maybe I'm thinking of Doggy Style. I don't Doggy know if I want to Google Doggy Style. <laughs> Doggy Style came out in 95? 93. 93, really. 93, yeah. yeah. The Dog Father, 96. Yeah. So Who yeah. knows, man? Okay, cool. I wasn't uh, exposed to rap music until it would have been around 2000, 99, 2000, with okay. a combination of... 2001 by Dr. Dre and probably the Marshall Mathers LP at the same time. Like at the same day, uh, I had a friend who, uh, who had both. I was introduced to Snoop Dogg at that same time, but I think I was aware of him. Like I think even as a, however old I was in 99, as a young, young teenager, I think I was aware of who he was. Uh, just not his work, if you will. I know how you feel about him in real life. How did you like him in this film? The problem with Snoop Dogg's acting is that I don't think he knows what to do. Mm. And when I say that, very accomplished. If you don't know who Snoop Dogg is, I don't know what you're doing alive. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> okay. e- even in his music right. videos, yeah. he just like he just doesn't act. And I think yeah. and I think like at some point, like you you just get a pass. You know what I mean? Like, I think you really do, because I was told this a long time ago by someone who went on to become a professional actor. Not very big. I think they just do extra work or whatever. Sure, They're kind of like Joey from Friends. <laughs> okay. But I, I was told that the the big difference between an actor and a star 
is a star can get away with whatever they want. Mm. For example, Christian Bale isn't a movie, like he is, he's a movie star, but he's not a star because he entangles himself in whatever he really does. Like he loses and gains weight for roles or whatever. Whereas Tommy Lee Jones is just kind of always the grumpy old man. And I think he, I think Tommy Lee Jones been the grumpy old man since he was a grumpy young man. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to play old men on film starting at age 22. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. But like he's like, but he's a professional actor. You know what I mean? Sure. But the problem with Snoop Dogg is he's not a professional actor, but he still gets movie roles. And like, what are you gonna do as the director? You know what I mean? Like, hey, Snoop, Mister Dog, I just I I need you to not kind of float through this scene. I really need you to take it seriously. I need you to like you you just found out that your best friend is dead. You know what I mean? And he's just I mean I don't think he can relate to anything. <laughs> he's just yeah. the same in all of his roles which is totes cool man i'm not out here trying to tell mr dog how to live his life or how to act but i don't want to say he's a low point of the film because he's not he's a lightning rod yeah and what i mean by that is if you find out about this movie you're gonna have one or two reactions when you find out that snoop dog's in it you're gonna be like well now i have to watch it and the other one is gonna be <sighs> so <laughs> deep sigh i don't think he was given much direction in this film i really don't i think they just put him on screen they were like hey you're a vampire hunter be snoop dog <laughs> as a cowboy vampire hunter but don't worry you still got a blue flag and uh you'll get to say something about west side before the movie's over like okay yeah i love and hated that scene spoilers for the end of the film where he shoots up double birds and says west side forever at that point it was like oh he's no longer playing a character he's playing snoop dog <laughs> <laughs> there's no longer acting. There's no there's no acting whatsoever in this sure. scene. It's just Snoop Dogg dressed as a cowboy. Yeah, that's it. And, and I think that, like you said, it's a lightning run. You're either going to love it for it or you're, or you're not. And I'm definitely on the side of, okay, all right, yeah. cool. All right, cool. I wanted to see him. I, I did want to see him in, uh, dressed all, all dressed up, which uh, did not disappoint. <laughs> Why is he wearing a cowboy hat? <laughs> I don't understand. He put the uh, the bandana around his neck you know, to cover up, you know, stop the bleeding or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's blue, of course. <laughs> and I thought that was all they were going to do. And then, nope, they're going to escalate it. We're going to escalate. Um, overall, I think we're saying that this movie's worth the price of subscription. I think so. As long as Netflix, you know, stays in its lane. It doesn't start raising <sighs> prices again. I mean, it's really long for an action comedy. Sure. There are very, like, I think maybe the other guys... Like, I think that's the bellwether for me. Like, when you're making an action comedy movie, like, you have to bring something to the table to make me sit there and watch you for so long. I think the other guys... Oh, man. Let me look it up. Okay. It's an hour 47. But the other guys, it's action comedy, but it is much more of a comedy than it is action. While this is... Totally self-aware. Yeah. And this is very much more an action film with comedy. Sprinkled a little bit of comedy on it. Pretty evenly throughout. It's pretty delicious. But I, I get you. I'm just saying, like, you have to give me a reason to want to watch you. And if your reason is that in South Central Los Angeles, <laughs> well, I don't know enough about LA to be commenting on, but they're in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah. In the if you live in the San Fernando Valley and you are a vampire hunter, yeah, you know, you might have the chance to work with Snoop Dogg. That's enough of a hook for me. For a sure. lot of other people, like I said, you're going to see Snoop Dogg on the cover. You're either going to want to watch it because Snoop's in it, or you're not going to be as eager to see it because Snoop Dogg is in it. Like, you're going to fall into one of those two camps. Sure. 
He doesn't have a very big role at all. He's in like four scenes, but yeah. Just the fact that he's in it. Right. Yeah. 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 I think it's worth the price of subscription. I totally think it's worth a watch. If you love vampires, speaking of vampires, I learned a very fun fact the other day. Oh, very fun. In this movie, sunlight does not appear to kill the vampires, but it does appear to injure them. It hurts them. It burns their skin. It probably eventually kill them. Their flesh. Did you know that up until the movie Nosferatu, the idea of sunlight affecting vampires in a negative way didn't exist? Didn't it keep them from having their powers? They were just like normal people or something, or they couldn't transform. It, there's all sorts of, of different things there. Sunlight killing you is something that Nosferatu popularized, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, Nosferatu, that's great. You said they would kind of play fast and loose with the rules. I think that maybe there's a, a good bit of world building. I mean, Mr. Franco does give us about five to six good minutes of exposition dump. <laughs> what I meant by they, they kind of play fast and loose is... I think the, the rules that govern the vampires are respected. And I think you have to do that. Like, you can't bend the rules for that unless you're going to have it be a big twist, like, right, like the end of Blade. Man, could you imagine us trying to do this episode and review this movie without mentioning Blade? <laughs> no. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but, like, they have this whole scene where Dave Franco's character is like, man, those used to be people, blah, blah, blah. And James and Jamie Foxx is like, no, nah, they're not people. They're just paychecks. You can't, like, as soon as they got bit, they're no longer whoever you whoever you thought they were, right? And 20 minutes later, Seth becomes a vampire, and they're like, cool. And then he, like, he immediately teams up with two vampires to take out the other vampires, like, breaking his whole code. How do you turn into a vampire? Is Snoop Dogg about to be a vampire? I don't know, because he got bit. Does he have to drink their blood? Is this some sort of Lost Boy situation? Which he does reference at the end, which is great. There's some questions there. And like he just lets Seth and that other lady, uh, I don't remember her name, Heather, I think, run I off. Think Heather, yeah. He just lets them leave. And I'm like, but but they're vampires. Like he's like like it's funny when he's talking about it, but Seth is literally like, Oh, I won't seek her out, but if I if I run across her on the street, I can drink Carol, right? Like, yeah, which is hilarious because the the Carol jokes are great. But I was like, wait, are we not? Is that not a bad? Are we not stopping that? Is he in the union? Is he out? Like, what is what's going on? It's the same thing in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, where his mentor spoilers three, two, one is a vampire. Yeah. And so I think that like if we've already had our vampire discussion a long time ago, but I think like the whole point of the vampire hunting union is to kill the ones who are making life miserable for everyone else. Like if you're just a vampire that exists in the world, you're minding your own business. Yeah. You just, you know, no one asks to become a vampire. No, I guess not. Like if if you're one of the people who did not ask to become one. (laughs) Sure. You know what I mean? Like if you're You're just, You're like, you're going out for drinks with your friends. And then it's like, oh, hey, man, we're going to go. We're going to go to this friends of mine's house. And you're like, okay, cool. And you show up and then boom, next morning you wake up, you're a vampire. You didn't ask for that. I don't necessarily want to be the person who's going to judge someone else for running around, not killing people. Sure. You know, hey, you guys do your own thing. Stay out of my town. Yeah. You know, and we're good. Okay. No, I get you. So. I get you. To wrap up a few, uh, few items here, tidy up some stuff before we sign off. Uh, did you have yourself an idiot of the movie? It, it's a difficult it's a difficult one not really like I've, I've got like a really really good idea of who i think the idiot of the movie is or or should be but i'm also kind of like i'm halfway tempted to name the one-eyed guy the one-eyed guy when bud walks past heather's apartment mm. he looks in and he sees a guy with one eye oh like yeah you know, one eye that's cloudy or whatever that's a distinct feature 
You know what I mean? Like yep. uh, whether you whether you stare or not, that's a particularly distinct feature. And I think that if you're going to be a hitman for the vampire mafia, <laughs> the vampire mafia, <laughs> and you've only got one good eye, yeah, I you need to wear some sunglasses. You need to make sure people can't identify you. <laughs> not even that. I mean, just like close the blinds. You know, you're trying to have a secret meeting with the person who is your target. You're spying next door. Next door, and they're like, close the blinds. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know. He's, 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 he's kind of an idiot. Okay. All right. Why? All out. What's, what's yours? Oh, obviously, it's Audrey San Fernando. Oh. The big bad <laughs> goes on a huge speech. Oh, tells the good guy exactly what she's gonna do, and then does the whole farewell, Mister Bond. I leave you with this trap that she'll kill you, <laughs> and then leaves. And guess what? The trap ends up helping him kill her. That's a good point. She yeah. monologued, left him behind in a trap. Should have just killed him. Should just killed them all. But she had yeah. to get her a little petty revenge or whatever. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I'm gonna turn your daughter. Yeah, man. I'm gonna turn her neck around. Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> Definitely an idiot. That's her fair. hubris was her own undoing. Because she, That's I mean, fair. for most of the film, we're not even, I mean, we can tell as the audience that there are two characters, Bud and Audrey, are going, they're coming to a head, right? Their worlds are coming together. They're spiraling until they're going to discover each other. But it's, the movie doesn't have her as the villain to him. He's unaware of her until he's not. The same the other way around. So her own hubris and ego, killer. And ruin all her plans and get a lot of other vampires and familiars killed. Yeah, I'll change that. Oh, you're changing? I'll change. All right, cool. We have reached a quorum. <laughs> did you have a Kelsey Grammer? I mean, uh, did you have a Kelsey Grammer? Who is Kelsey Grammer? How much better would this movie have been if instead of Snoop Dogg, it was Kelsey Grammer? Ooh, you know, I hadn't thought of that. That's my conundrum is I think that that's a role Taylor made for Kelsey Grammer, kind of like the older brother mentor coming in like, hey, man, I'm putting my reputation on the line, just, you know, getting you this meeting, right? Like, I can imagine Kelsey Grammer, like, dressing him down in the parking yeah. lot. Look, bro, you've been, you got kicked out of this place. I didn't ask you to leave. You are the reason why you left. I can really see him working like that. But the problem is, is like, yeah. I don't want to kick Snoop Dogg out of this movie. <laughs> I kind of want, so. as much as I loved him in this role, the original actor in the role, I could kind of see him as Ralph Seeger. Oh. The head yeah, of the Captain. union who's mixing whiskey and Pepto. <laughs> oh, that's a kick. Yeah. Eric <laughs> Which Lang. I, yeah. A great actor. Great in this film as well. But no no Kelsey Grammer, you know? I, I could see that. Yeah. I, I accept that. I accept your answer. Okay. All so. right. I'm sweeping the answers. Yeah. I'm, I'm mopping up the floor with this. Overall, this is a fun movie. This is good. This is a lot of fun. We've had a couple of really fun action films recently. We're going to do another really fun action series next week. Uh, do you want to tell the people what we're watching? Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're really hitting Netflix up. Okay. They keep making them. They keep we're making them. Keep Netflix them. series, Resident Evil. I think everyone listening to this already knows that the reviews for this are not great. But let me blurb you, and then uh, you can come back next week and listen to us give our opinions and see if we agree with everyone or not. Blurb reads, Nearly three decades after the discovery of the T-virus, an outbreak reveals the Umbrella Corporation's dark secrets. Based <gasps> on the horror franchise. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Based. Based. <laughs> All right, hey, if y'all enjoyed what you heard, you've enjoyed the journey on this podcast, please 
follow, recommend, hit the little heart, subscribe, give us a five-star review on iTunes, whatever it is you got to do to show your support. We really, really appreciate it. If you have suggestions for other things we should watch, you can send them our way, scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at scifiwiseguys. You can DM us or just add us. Either way is all good. Stay healthy, stay hydrated, and... uh I mean, don't get kicked out of the Vampire Hunters Union. If you're a Vampire <laughs> you Hunter, get, yeah, don't do get kicked get out of the union. Yeah. Don't get kicked out of any union, I imagine, right? Like, that seems yeah. that seems bad. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. also, I mean, just don't be a Vampire Hunter. That sounds like a career with a very short half-life. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I suspect it's got to be one of those where it's like, well, I don't want to say it's got like a really bad retention rate, but it, like, if you're not good, you're not going to last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. I don't mind finishing Resident Evil. It probably let's just do it next week. Don't don't worry about it. Okay. Take your time. I want you to savor. I want you to be able to enjoy it. Pay attention to it. <laughs> okay. There are some legitimately like really good action scenes coming up for you. So okay. There's a chainsaw. You know, they pull some stuff right from the games. It's pretty good. Does it skin your ass raw? Wow, did you just make a limp biscuit reference? I did. Who? I why? Did. Who are you? I don't know, man. It is what it is. You've changed, man. <laughs> I'll make Limp Bizkit the, references all the day. The game's changed you. The game cast, yeah. whatever that means. <laughs>